What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Joyfully You Podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Lowe, and today we have Lindsay Robinson that is going to be joining us. And Lindsay is a hypnotherapist, and I'm really excited to open up this conversation because here's the thing, like, I had no idea that so much of guided meditation creates a hypnotic effect and is hypnotherapy. And so much is below the surface. We're able to access so much of our mind when we go into this meditative state and use things like hypnotherapy. Lindsay Robinson is gonna be coming on and she works specifically with ambitious women all over the world and a lot of her work, all of her work is tapping into that subconscious mind to clear limiting beliefs and programming, all the things that are keeping them stuck. And so it creates this positive change over time that people don't even realize is happening because it's a subconscious effect. And so she does this through one-on-one coaching. She's amazing. I actually met her through a mutual friend and I'm so excited for you guys to meet her. She's so fun. She also has a podcast called High Vibe In It. And I was actually featured on her podcast not too long ago. Um, we were talking about um, goal setting and New Year's and resolutions and setting um intentions as well. So I'm so excited to welcome her and uh, let's get started. Oh, and one more thing. Guess what? She has a free hypnosis for all of you guys in the show notes, and you guys can get it at the end, okay? Okay, let's do this. So, like, how did you get started with hypnotherapy? Um, I actually started with hypnotherapy because I had always been interested in, like, what we can't see before it manifested as hypnosis, it was like spirits. And I would be the weirdo going to the cemetery and trying to like touch the stones and like, how did these people die? Like, I swear to God, I was like 14, didn't know anything, but I was like going to the library because my town is like super small. We talked about coming from small towns. And I would go to the library where they had all the archives of the newspapers and that was like my happy place. I would go up there, open a newspaper, read the obituaries, go find the grave in the, in the cemetery and just like sit there. I don't know. I was so. And in that, like you got a sense of peace from it. It didn't freak totally. you out. Totally. No, not at all. Like I'd never go there at night or whatever, but I always had a Ouija board and I was never like afraid. My mom was always, I mean, we grew up religious, but she was always like open to like, <laughs> she thought she was psychic. I don't know if she is or not, but she had a Ouija board and she would always be like talking to the spirit. So that was kind of normal for me, I guess. So I was never like freaked out by it. I used to watch like uh, murder mysteries. Like I was, I have the encyclopedia, encyclopedia of serial killers. Like I'm super fascinated by the psychology of like the dark side. But, but now I'm not. Like now I could never watch, I could never like fall asleep to cold case files like I used to when I was in my like young, young, late teens, early twenties, but it's kind of transitioned a little more into like the lighter side of, of like what, how we're programmed and stuff like that. And, and I touch a lot on spirituality in my practice. So it kind of melds both worlds of like spirits, you know, serial killers, psychology, subconscious, all kind of rolled into one happy, like sushi roll of hypnotherapy. So I, <laughs> it had always been that kind of thing where I was interested in it, but you know, you have those like, especially when I moved to LA when I was 20, I didn't think about doing what I wanted to do. I thought about how am I going to make rent because it's super expensive to live in LA. And I was on my own and I did this super adventurous thing by just moving and didn't make sense to anybody. Cause again, small town, they did not understand why I wanted to leave. Um, and so I was constantly thinking of how I'm going to pay my bills. I've always been very self-sufficient and, um, one day, okay, so I got pregnant, <laughs> very romantic. I ended up marrying him, so it's fine, but I, uh, I got pregnant and I decided like, I cannot possibly go back to like 60 hour weeks. Like I just can't do it. I don't want to 
just shove them in daycare. I know so many moms who have no choice but to put their babies six weeks old into daycare with strangers and go back to work. It's heartbreaking. And I just could not do it. I was like, I will figure this out. You know how Marie Forleo's like, everything is figure outable. Figure outable. <laughs> that wasn't a thing at the time. I mean, it might've been to her, but in my head, I was just like, there's a solution to this and I'm going to find what it is. And I did, I called, you know, those like work from home, which turned out to be MLMs. I never like entered into one because I just, I don't really feel like I'm a salesperson. Like I don't want to like shove another product into someone's face unless I really believe in it. Like me, I will shove me into your face because I believe <laughs> in what I do and I know that it freaking works. But if you tell me to sell cleaning products, I'd be like, sure, if you want to buy them, buy them. If you don't, don't. <laughs> it's like the worst situation. <laughs> so I ended up thinking one day right after I had him, he was about, I don't know, two months old, three months old. I decided not to go back to work, but I still needed to do something. And I was like, what do I want to do? For the first time in my life, what do I want to do? I was 27 years old, which, you know, isn't that old, but it's older than I wanted to be when I figured that out. So I was thinking of what do I like to do? And hypnosis came up, hypnotherapy, subconscious, psychology. I was churning around all these ideas in my mind. And what really stuck out was past life regression because I'm obsessed Ooh. with that stuff. Ooh, and yeah. I got one done in 2006, which was six years before. And I was just like, what, what can I do around that? Like, I really would love to do that. That would be like my dream. And then that voice was like, no, that's for someone else to do. You need to figure something out that's like safe, right? We've all had those thoughts. <laughs> and I was just like, Fear is so sneaky. Yes, it really is. It comes like in the worst times too. But in that moment, I don't know how it happened. It must have been my like soul self overriding my programming at the time. Uh, I just heard, why can't I? (laughs) Like, why can't I? And I never asked that question before either. Why can't I do this? And so I made the call to the first like hypnosis school that I came across on Google, which happened to be the best choice I could have possibly made training wise, experience wise, dedication wise. I mean, it's, and I ended up working for the school after. So I know what all the other schools offer and we're still the best. Anyway, um, (laughs) it's like, it's like that Ivy league school pride, right? Except it's with hypnosis. It's so weird. But I, I call them and they're like, yeah, do you want to come for a tour? And I was like, sure. And it was in Tarzana, which was like, at the time, like 15, 20 minutes from where I lived. And so I showed up, I took a tour and I was like, well, that in and of like, itself is like divine timing that the best hypnotherapy school was 15 to 20 oh my God. away from where you live. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Dude, it gets so much better. So I go to, the, I go do the tour and I'm like, this is legit. Like this is an actual like school. Like it had a college atmosphere. It was in, it was called the Institute. So it was very like specialized, obviously training. And so it had like, um, uh, like a full, what do you call like stage, I guess, where they do like the lectures and the lessons. They had like so many different classrooms. They had a computer lab. They had, I mean, it was like nothing. I expected it to be in some dude's basement because hypnotherapy is not a regulated thing. So you really don't know what you're getting when you sign up for some kind of training. I wanted to make sure that I was getting something legitimate that I could brag about. Right. So, uh, I ended up calling my husband that night and I was like, so it's, like $16,000, but I can get a grant. <laughs> I was like trying to talk him into it. Can I do this? And he goes, yeah, go ahead. If you want to do it, do it. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> so, I, so I can actually do this? What? So I signed up and I ended up going to the class. I started, they had just started a new semester and I came in the day after the semester started. So I basically came in a day late, but again, perfect timing. Um, and then I took the year, I, it was a full year training, six months of residency and, um, what's it called? Clinical hours. And I, I do not, I, there's no way I could regret that. It was literally one of the best decisions besides getting married and having children, my children <laughs> that I've ever made in my life. And the reason I said it gets better is because year after my year was over, they asked me if I wanted to work for the Institute and train distance hypnotherapist, you know, cause there's an online program as well. Super legit, super cool. Um, so I was like, yes, of course I do. I would love to help train distance students. And during that time I was a little sneaky and looked up my name in the database. Cause who doesn't do that <laughs> when there's a database, you want to know what they said about you. 
So I looked my name up and it turns out I had signed up from Michigan in 2005, right before I moved to LA. And I, and then I just never followed up with it. So I knew that like, and how many years before was, to, was that? Uh, said, wait, what, well, let's see. So from 2005 to 2013, is that mm-hmm. seven years, eight years, eight years, is that right? Eight years. Eight years. Yeah. Eight years so, later, I realized so I had already signed up. Prior to graduating, you had signed up and forgotten yeah. about it. I, well, it was one of those things I believe, if I know me, and I think I do a little bit, that I, you know, how you sign up for something and then they're like, yeah, let's get on a call and talk about it. And you're like, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't want to do it. Not ready, right? It must have been something like that because I don't actually remember signing up for it. I really don't. I had to have. They had my address, they had my phone number, they had the day that I called or like signed up, you know, they had the email address that I signed up from. There's no way I didn't do this. It's just so bonkers. Like there's no way I was supposed to do anything else in my life. There's Ah! just no way. Anyway, so now I get to, I I transition from in-person client sessions to online sessions, which really doesn't change. I mean, you know, you work online as well. As long as they can hear my voice, because everyone's like, does it take anything away from the session if I can't be in the room? Like, well, if it was a massage, then yes, but you're just listening to me. So if you can be comfortable in your own safe space and be in your own comfortable clothes and listen to my voice, as long as we have good internet, it's never failed me yet. And it's just as great, if not better, because you don't have to schlep out to someone's office and be in their environment for the session, you know? So it worked out perfectly. Now I get to help people all over the world in my house. Like I'm in my house right now. This is how I do sessions. And I get to be with my kids. I get to go downstairs and play with my kids after this. It's so cool. Who knew? That's awesome. <laughs> created, you created the reality that you didn't know was possible. It's just because, and it's just because I asked the question, why can't I? Why not me? Mm-hmm. And that's what I say to my clients all the time. Well, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll put it in my emails and I'll, when I'm communicating with my audience, I'll be like, why not you? Answer that question. <laughs> like yeah. you have to answer it. Don't just ask it. Answer the question, why not you? And you might come up with a bunch of excuses, but recognize that that's what they are. And if you're not ready, you're not ready, but there's never a reason that it can't be you. There's never a good reason you can't have what you want to have. I feel like that's such a great way to identify the limiting beliefs, right? Because it's pretty much what pops up after is a limiting belief. And for me, it was, well, you need something safe, right? Like, starting your own business and working for yourself and depend really in essence, depending on someone saying yes to you for your income and to be able to do what you want to do is a little scary because then all that stuff about self worthiness and deserving comes up and it's like, well, why would they pick me? But that's why I'm so proud of my training because I can sit here and tell you I'm badass at what I do. I can't tell you that I'm a badass mom. I just don't feel that. I feel like I do my best as anybody would. I can't tell you that I could play basketball. I, I'm terrible at basketball, but there are two things in my life that I'm really good at. One of them is helping you through hypnosis. The other one is the hot bar at Starbucks. For sure. I'm the, the hot best. bar. Yes. And I was like, so, okay. So a little thing about me, I'm an Aries and I own that as a badge of like how stubborn I am and how like I'm right. I don't think I'm right about everything. I'm right about two things. I'm probably better than you at the hot bar at Starbucks and I'm probably better than you at hypnosis. I will never, ever budge on that. And I think those Wait, two what things- what do you mean? What do you mean okay. the hot bar at Starbucks? So, you know, Starbucks when you get like a Frappuccino, right? Yeah. That's the cold bar. Okay. The hot bar is like lattes, cappuccinos. Um, you know, the macchiatos, that kind of thing. I, okay. Do you ever play like cooking mama where you have to like be really fast and like give everybody what they want really fast? That's how the hot bar is. It's so fast. So any game I play is always like, you know, juggling five or six things at once and getting them all out on time. Like, I love that stuff. Um, so the hot bar at Starbucks was always my, my favorite job besides this. And I would always shove everybody off of it so that I could work it. (laughs) And I'd be like, okay, it's my turn. Get away, get away. (laughs) Well, it's kind of known at Starbucks. If anybody's watching this or listening that has ever worked at Starbucks, you probably know that the Frappuccino bar is the worst thing ever created in the history of the world. It's terrible. (laughs) It's terrible. It's so bad. It's the worst. But the hot bar is like 
fun. It's like, for me at least, it's so fun. It's like a video game. It's like do, 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 juggling everything at once. Anyway, so that and hypnosis, I'm really, really good at. Really good at. <laughs> That's awesome. Is there, okay, I'm curious, like when people yeah. come to you for hypnosis, is there common themes or is it all different? Like for what people are looking to get out of the hypnosis? Well, I would say it comes in seasons. I don't know why this happens, but I'll get like four or five people at a time who really want to work on self-love and worthiness. And then I'll get like five or six more that just want to work on money blocks, which, you know, ends up being worthiness. I'd say nine things out of 10 come down to like deserving and worthiness and those kind of limiting beliefs, but they show up in so many different ways. And sometimes I'll get a bunch of people who want to work on stuff that reflects what I'm struggling with at the time. So um, a couple years back, I got like so, it seemed like so many people coming to me for um, like time management stuff. Like I really, I got to stop procrastinating. I got to make sure I keep my priorities straight. And I'm like, ooh, do you know me? <laughs> like, do you, how do you know that I'm struggling with that too? Because I was, I had just launched like my online stuff and I was very much struggling with, it's hard. You know, you got, you get to do whatever you want, essentially. Like, how do you stay on task? And so by helping someone else figure out methods and strategies to do that, I ended up helping myself as well, which I'm sure you can relate to. You know, when we help someone with something, it really heals a part of us as well, which is why it's so fulfilling to do, you know? Yeah. Did hypnosis change, has hypnosis changed your life in certain ways? And that's what like led you to wanting to study it? Or was it just kind of a soul calling? Do you, do you mean like, have I used hypnosis for certain things? Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Like, could you maybe share an example that hypnosis is, has affected you? <laughs> Dude, I could go into so many stories. This is what dangerous. Would you say, what would you say is like the most, like the juiciest one? The most. Okay. Like, oh. Okay. Well, Okay, so I've had some, without going into too much detail, this is a quicker story. So I've had some pretty traumatic things in my childhood that I've always, to adulthood, have struggled with. And I still notice them coming up through my parenting. I want to like avoid that same kind of trauma in my children. You know, they say like, you'll never mess your kids up the same way you were messed up. You'll just mess them up in a different way. So I know that that's like probably true, but I want to spare them from any kind of like, hurt or shame or instability or whatever it was that I carried with me into adulthood. Anyway, so I went to hypnosis. Part of the training is you get a mentor who will give you hypnotherapy so that you can feel how it feels, you know, throughout the training. And so I, when you, when you go see the, the mentor, you know, we talk about what I want to work on and I really couldn't think of anything. And then before I knew it, this traumatic stuff just started spilling out as it always does in therapy, you know. And so she really did shockingly help me really be able to not only like process it, but treat it as a past event. Because my problem was I was treating it as if it had just happened. And so I would get triggered. And so I would have these like volcanic reactions with certain things that came up because I couldn't separate it into the past. So she really helped me do that through hypnotherapy. That was, I say shockingly well, because I didn't know at the time that it was even doing anything. And a lot of my clients will say the same thing. They'll come out of hypnosis and be like, you know, I don't really know if I was in hypnosis. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I know the signs, bro. Like I know what to look for. You were totally in. But anyway, so. <laughs> what are the signs? Is it the eye fluttering? That's one of them. It's eye fluttering. There's, um, there's the eye fluttering. There's the, there's the way the breath happens. Cause if you, if you purposely take a deep breath, it's a certain body movement. But if you're like just so deep that your body's taking super slow deep breaths, then that's like a more automatic look to it. There's, um, when I put, I just did it. But when I put people in hypnosis, I'll say like, you might uh, notice a dryness of the mouth and throat and a tendency to swallow. Every single time that they swallow, it shows me that they're already suggestible to my words and they're already letting their butt, did you almost swallow? Huh? Did I you did. Just, I know. See, it's like magic. And just by thinking about I it, I like it, started I to swallow. Do I need to swallow? <laughs> it's, I swear to God, it's like magic. So um, it's the closest thing to magic I think we have on this earth besides like our own connection to the universe. But with the way it makes people feel, and when I say that, I mean like 
empowered, unstoppable, like literally anything is possible because half the battle is getting your mind to believe that you can. Once your subconscious believes it's possible, it's basically done for you. There are things that happen in your life that are direct manifestations of your belief. It's, it's infallible. So all you need to do is change what you believe is possible for you and you'll start seeing magic everywhere. Mm -hmm. Right? Are you, I mean, you're nodding your head. So I know you know what I'm talking about. Yes, you're absolutely living it right now. We were just talking about how the magic is manifesting for you. And it really is like as simple as that, but it's not as easy as it sounds. Because subconscious (laughs) beliefs are difficult to unpack. And like a way that someone described it to me was um, a common one for the new year of, well, I want to start going to the gym, right? You know, for whatever, most people's reasoning is because they are unhappy with their body. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to go to the gym. But then if the subconscious belief is the gym is hard, the gym is an awkward, uncomfortable place. Yeah. I don't like being sweaty. I don't like being sore. Like the subconscious beliefs will talk us out of any type of conscious desire yeah. to work out if the subconscious beliefs are all negative. Exactly. And, and so- I think the part of the the reason why it can be difficult is we don't realize our beliefs are subconscious beliefs until, in my opinion, until it's like contrasted, until we yep. see someone else with beliefs so different that then it brings awareness to what ours are. Yeah. You know? how, how do you approach identifying subconscious beliefs with your clients? Oh, this is so much fun fun for me. Um, <laughs> I hope it's fun for them a little bit, at least safe and relaxing is what I can only hope for. But it's really interesting, I should say, and fascinating to me to see how individual we all are. I've been doing hypnosis for, oh my God, what is it? Seven years? Almost 10, almost 10 years since I started the training and since I've been doing you know, the amateur version of hypnosis, now I've kind of honed it, but I've been doing it a long time. I have never had the same session twice because people are so different and it's so cool. But the, the most interesting way that I found in the, in the least, um, see, these are all, what word should I use? I don't want to say painful, like the least painful way for the client, but it's never really painful. It's just it's you have to the look least inward. Difficult? The least, uh, yeah, I would say the least challenging maybe is to communicate with the limiting belief. So you, it does take a state of hypnosis. And if you want, I can actually explain how hypnosis works pretty simply so that it's easily digestible for people. But essentially, we're putting them in a state of, of focus and a state of heightened awareness subconscious wise, because when like this conversation right now, when you're speaking to people or when you're living day to day, you're, you're in the conscious mind, which is essentially 10% of your mind power. And that's being generous. The more studies that come out, it's more like 9%, 7%. I've heard one that said 5%, which is bonkers when you think about it. But we're basically like an iceberg. You know, the tip of the iceberg is what we're using consciously. It's our logic. It's our reasoning. It's our, um, decision-making skills. It's our willpower, right? 10% of your mind is your willpower. If you're only using willpower to achieve a goal, you got to get some backup because it's just not happening. You're going up against 90% of your lifetime beliefs that some of them aren't even yours and are some other voices in your head that you've heard when you were a child that you just carry with you. So it's a matter of knowing what those are, deciding if they're yours and if they are, whether or not they are or not, do you want them? Do you want to get rid of them or do you want to keep them? And then when we decide that, it's just a matter of taking them in hypnosis, communicating with that limiting belief. What does it need? What, what do you, what does it need in order for you to release it? You know, and then we kind of. Because the way to look at the limiting belief is almost like, what does that version of you need? Because that version of you believes something, right? Is that another way? Yeah, absolutely. What, what does it need to be released? And sometimes it's, most of the time I'll say the limiting belief is to keep you safe because our subconscious minds have nothing in them except what it knows to keep you safe. Sometimes that means bored. (laughs) Sometimes that means comfortably uncomfortable. It means doing the same thing over and over and over because it knows that it will keep you alive. And that is the goal is to keep you alive. Now your conscious goal is not only to be alive, but to be happy. And so when those happiness goals don't really vibe with the subconscious learned goals that it know will work, 
then that's when we have a conflict and that's when you need some kind of subconscious reprogramming. So I'm going to go into really quickly how hypnosis works because I feel like that's a big question. <laughs> like how the hell is it even supposed to be helping me? Um, when we're born, our minds are completely open. We're accepting everything as true because we just don't know how the world works. So everything we take in is true up to about age eight or nine when we get our critical filter, which is basically critical thinking skills. Um, we get to decide if we want to accept it or reject it. So the conscious mind, again, logic, reasoning, decision-making, willpower, subconscious, automatic behaviors, and everything else, <laughs> like emotions and breathing and hand gestures when you're talking. Um, I got a lot of those. And language and writing and all those automatic behaviors, including beliefs that you got right before that solidified, that barrier. So when you have a thought that enters the conscious mind, like, We'll, we'll use your gym example. I want to go to the gym. So it enters the conscious mind. It checks in with the critical filter who then, which is kind of like a bouncer in a club, right? If the club is the subconscious, you need to make sure that the bouncer knows that what's going in is okay. And <laughs> That's he such checks a good his, analogy. <laughs> <laughs> and he checks his list and he's like, hmm, does this belief vibe with what's in there? Uh, no. Kicks it right back out. You're not getting in the club. Even so if it's a positive vibe even if it's a positive thought. So any goal you have, if it's going to make you happier, is going to be a positive thought. The problem is, let, okay, so with the gym example, I want to go to the gym more. The, the subconscious, the people that are already in the club are, it's, I'm going to be embarrassed if I can't do everything. People are going to be looking at me. Um, I'd much rather be more comfortable sitting on my couch like I always have been. This is where we know that we're safe. And so it kicks it right back out. But with hypnosis, we tip the bouncer $50 and we get into the club. We begin talking other people into the in the club into why our idea is better and therefore changing what you believe. Like continuing the analogy is changing the entire vibe of the club, which is our headspace, right? Exactly. Our heart space. Yes. Now that is when I say that I want to be clear. Hypnosis can never, ever, ever, change your morals, make you believe that you are something that you wouldn't want to be. I can never make you do, say, think, believe, or want anything that you don't already want. So it's not brainwashing. That is very different. <laughs> I'd have to, I think what, it, what I heard in my, in my training was in order for it to be brainwashing, you have to cover the clocks. You have to strap someone into a chair. You have to like hold their eyes open <laughs> and like, you know, how they show in the movies and play like some video and make them like, Go crazy. Sit there. Yes, exactly. And it's, it's absolutely, you have 100% free will in hypnosis. You have free will to walk into my office or rather log into Zoom. You have free will to sit down in a comfortable space of your choosing. You have free will to sit there and listen to my voice, allow the deep breathing and allow the positive subconscious changes. If at any time during hypnosis, and this is true with any, with anyone, if at any time you feel unsafe or like it's not something that you want to do anymore, you have full control to get up and walk out of whatever space you're doing or close your computer or whatever it is. Like it's never going to be something that you're losing control. In fact, it's something that you'll notice when you experience it is complete control, complete uh, mind control. And your mind will wander, but you'll be like alert in subconscious and conscious mind instead of just conscious. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But Maybe it makes sense because I've had hypnotherapy. You know what I mean? Yes. Where it's almost the way that it felt, it feels for me is like I have just this big white canvas. So it's easier to paint anything. It's like, it's clear. Yeah. Well, which is also the suggestible, uh, suggestible part, right? Where because it's a clear canvas, if someone were to tell me to imagine some, a beautiful meadow, it's like, boom, instant. So you as somebody, this is great. So as somebody who's been in hypnosis and done uh, meditation and things like that, if, sorry, I have a hiccup. <laughs> if I told you in hypnosis, so now you want to go rob a bank, what would you say? You'd be like, no, I don't. What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. There's just no way I could ever like in hypnosis make you think something or believe something or want something that you don't already want. Like I'm taking your script and your goals and I just know can you hear my child? No. Oh God, that was so loud for me. Sorry guys. I'm a mom. My baby's crying, but he's yeah, got a babysitter. A, so you're a boy good. mom too. I'm a boy mom. Yeah. Three of them. Dude. Whew. No wonder I'm talking like a 
dude and bro and you know, oh, you're kidding me? Out. You're talking to someone from California. <laughs> That's <you> true. That. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I say dude to my mom sometimes. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I say, I say bro to my husband and it's super awkward. I'm like, bro. And he's like, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a thing. Um, so, I have a question about the whole bank yes. analogy. So yes. like, you know, if you're to say, okay, now imagine robbing a bank. It's like, obviously they'd be like, well, no, I don't consciously, I don't want to do that. But yeah. if subconsciously you do want to attract money, it, it is then it would be super irresponsible of me to give you that suggestion. Got it. So it comes down to your morals too. Oh my gosh, so much. If you went to the doctor and the the dentist and you had a cavity and like, we're just going to pull all your teeth, okay? You'd be like, "Uh, no, you're a terrible dentist. I'm leaving. So it's the same kind of like, your intuition plays a huge part in when you're picking a hypnotherapist. Ask what their qualifications are for the love of God, please ask what their qualifications are. It is not a regulated industry and you just don't know what you're getting. So if you're not going to pick me, which I really highly recommend you do, ask what their qualifications, what are their, what's their training, how much experience do they have in the situation that you're experiencing and what you want to achieve with hypnosis. Um, super important. And what is their vibe? How do you feel about them? Um, you know, the whole no like and trust factor. Yeah. But as far as like, you know, I'm going to have people that always ask me like, well, I've never experienced hypnosis before. And I always internally smile and be like, well, yeah, you kind of have because you're a human being. And if you've ever fallen asleep, it is a form of hypnosis. Like you're traveling down the road to hypnosis before you take a quick left and go to unconscious. So instead of going to the subconscious alert stage, you're actually just going unconscious. So it's like one step further down the road into unconscious sleep where that dreamy floaty feeling you have right before you fall asleep is essentially what you're going to feel in hypnosis. It's just like one foot in the dream and one foot out of the dream. Does that make sense? Yeah. We've all felt that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like when you snooze your alarm in the morning, you have these crazy dreams because you're half, <laughs> yeah. half out. Like that's, that's yeah. the, and, and that's the theta, the theta stage of, of the brain. Yes. Right? And that's yes. like, the goal is to reach in hypnosis, right? That's where like the imagination and peak creativity and stuff. Yes. And when you get to, like I said, one step further into Delta, you're asleep. So it's funny because I'll have, I'll even have people go into hypnosis and claim that they were asleep. Of course I know they weren't because they came out exactly when I told them to come out. They listen to every command. They do exactly what, you know, I would expect from somebody in hypnosis. But there is something called hypnotic amnesia, where as you go so deep, you're like hovering between theta and delta. You're still alert. You're still here, but you don't remember anything I've said. Mm. And if you've ever experienced an altered state where you have some sort of amnesia, especially with hypnosis, don't fret. And I always tell people this because your subconscious is listening still, even though you don't remember what it's saying. Um, so don't worry about it. It's still, like the 90%. <laughs> yeah. It's still getting in there. Our brains are so stinking powerful. Like you don't even have to know. Do you watch what's getting in there? Do you watch scary movies and stuff like that. Cause I just keep thinking about how real like movies and TV is and how can't that be like a form of hypnosis giving us subconscious yes. messages. Okay. So anytime you're like, lost in something like a movie or a book. Sometimes you drive home and you don't remember doing it. That's a yeah. form of hypnosis, right? So anytime you find yourself lost in something, if you're crying in a movie, it's a form of hypnosis because your body physically doesn't know that it's not happening to you. Your subconscious feels like it's happening. And that's why it's so powerful. And that's why we have to be careful. And I'm not going to tell you not to watch scary movies. If that's your thing, do it. If it makes you happy, you have to do it. Am I cutting out at all? Mm-mm. Okay, because it says my internet. Sorry, guys, my internet's unstable for some reason. So if I do, I apologize. But um, do what makes you happy. But I will say, you you just can't know what it's doing and what it isn't doing. So the fact that you know when I take people into hypnosis and they want to cut ties with a previous relationship or get closure on a on a, a deceased loved one or something, it's a powerful session. And the reason that those are so powerful is because if it happens in the subconscious, it happened, okay? If your subconscious believes that it happened, it happened. It's as good as if it really happened in reality right in front of you. So if you're having that sort of subconscious reaction, just know that it believes that it's happening and it believes that it's true. So once you know that, you become, you just can't help but become very much more careful 
of what you're putting in there. Mm-hmm. You know, and it makes me think of certain people um, that I know that I guess they're just people that are and people that I know that are like family or family friends, like not necessarily chosen acquaintances, but people that I know and I do my best to send them love, but they have had so many lies that they truly believe it through and through. And so like hearing you say the whole subconscious thing of if the subconscious believes it, it's true. And I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's two people specifically that are coming to my mind that I'm like, wow, you know, they have planted that so deep in their subconscious that it is true for them, even if it's their reality and it's not true for other people. And if you're experiencing something like that, where you're like, yeah, I guess I just must believe it that much because I can't seem to shake it. The first step is just deciding that it doesn't have to be true. And I'm going to make this very, very clear. It does not have to be true. If you're living with something that doesn't vibe with where you're going and who you want to be, it doesn't have to be true. You get to be stuck there as long as you want to be stuck there. But the second you decide that you're over it and that's it, enough is enough, there are ways to get your subconscious on track to where your conscious desires are. So it really is at the very basic, basic bottom line. It's a matter of getting your conscious goals on the same team as your subconscious. And once you have that 100% mind power, dude, you're unstoppable. And it's so much fun to watch that light bulb kind of go off like three, four, maybe five sessions in with a client. And they start to just embody that because it's been long enough that their subconscious is like, okay, we're doing this. Let's go. The subconscious feels safe. It feels safe to actually like well, and Step I think into the that. self-awareness journey of even identifying what is happening in the subconscious is kind of a rocky journey because it's like, oh shit, I've made that mean that. And like all of the, the associations, because that's pretty much all it is, right? That we yeah. have experiences that we associate and give meaning to based off yeah. that state of needing safety. Yeah. And it can definitely feel jarring at first to know that like, you know, some people feel like, well, I've wasted so much time just because I gave it so much power, whatever. But hey, how empowering is it to know that you get to decide from today forward and you can't unknow what you've learned. Like you can't one day go back and be like, oh, I forgot my subconscious is super powerful. You're never going to go back to the the spot you were when you didn't know this stuff. Um, So I look at it as like, hey, Look at how look at how powerful you are. Look what you get to do. And here's the thing that I always say too is you you've already been your whole life. You've already been creating your reality. You just you just have whether by default and what's already in there or by conscious creation you've been creating. So why not use the power that you already have in here? You already you already have it. The the software's installed. You already have this. Why not use it for your benefit to be happy with who you are? And I know just by saying that, a lot of stomachs are dropping because they're like, oh my God, that's a lot of pressure, which it is. Once you just get on board with like, it's the same feeling I had when my husband was like, yeah, go ahead and do it. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like you're what? kind of hoping, you think your subconscious was kind of hoping that he would object because that would A be, little quote, because unquote, it was so big. Safe. Yeah, it's so big, right? And it's like, well, if I do this and I fail, then what? Or if I do this and it, it turns out to be not what I want, then what? And we put so much pressure on then being what? happy because what if we're not? What if we try all this stuff and we're not happy? You know what? Follow the feeling. That's it. It doesn't have to be super complicated. And guess what? If it doesn't feel good tomorrow, change it. You're powerful. You have the power to do that. The only rules are the ones you're creating, you know, and the Mm -hmm. ones you decide to live with. I create my own rules now. Yeah. (laughs) And that like brings it back to being that creator, how like we can create our own reality. We can create our own life. Something that I've been saying for like three years and it's just now giving, um, I guess proof of the belief is the more I travel, the more money I make. And I've been saying it and been laughed at for years, but I was like, I don't know how it's going to be true, but I just know it's going to be true. And I'm choosing to believe that the more I travel, the more money I make. I'm like, I'm going to look at everything as a return on investment. Like this is my education. Um, But uh, it's starting to choose beliefs like, or even Mm -hmm. a belief that I think could be cool is I can be happy and, and whatever comes after that, like things that we, that can cause, you know, the opposite of happy mm-hmm. feelings, trying to find, and like not to settle, but to try and create a new reality on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The biggest one for me 
which was also so simple. I think my husband gave it to me. He's very wise, my husband. Um, <laughs> but he doesn't really know that he's wise. He just says stuff. And I'm like, and your husband's from really- Visalia, California, right? He is from Visalia. Yes. He, uh, you're actually friends with his brother, which is really funny to me. And uh, one of our so old roommates. <laughs> it's <like> really funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've traveled to Visalia. I love Visalia. It's just really hot. Although now I live in Nevada, so I can't, I'm sure it's probably fine compared to Nevada, but um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So my husband came up with this, I think it was him, where I was really stressed out about our bills and I was like, we have so many bills to pay. And he had gotten, he works in production. So when the shows and stuff go on hiatus, he's basically on unemployment and I'm like carrying the household, which is not a little bit of pressure. Um, <laughs> a lot of pressure. So I was like stressed out. I admit it. I was stressed out about money. I still get stressed out about money sometimes, but I've gotten a lot better because of this very small phrase that he said one day. I was like, oh my God, bills, we have to pay. And he goes, you know what? There will always be more money. And I was like, oh shit. Can I swear? <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> there you will always be more money. So every time I invest in something, every time I uh, pay a bill every time money goes out and I notice that trigger happening because it does, right? I'll be like, there'll always be more money. And I immediately feel better. Immediately. It's like so cool. And there is, it's never failed me yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best is when you're believing it and then you're getting, well, and that's, I think that so many people want the proof. You know, there's even a, a common phrase, like I'll believe it when I see it. And oh. like, we really have to believe it and then we'll see it. That's backwards. Like, you got to backwards. Come on. You got to believe it and then you'll see it. Yeah. 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 It's got, like yeah. so much of our lives are backwards. Well, because it puts the control in our conscious mind, right? Yep, exactly. And I am a super huge control freak. I'm trying to get better. And, but I still, here's the thing when you learn more about yourself is like, I own the fact that I'm a control freak because I know that I needed to be at one point. And it's, it's a journey for me to discover that, I don't necessarily need to be in control all the time. Mm. Um, and when you're going through life and you're seeing this personal growth happen, you recognize that all of these negative personality traits you have have always ever been there to serve you in some way. Some, at some point, you needed it to survive. It's just true. You wouldn't have it if you didn't need it to survive. Now, whether you need it now is another story. Maybe it just hung around longer than it needed to. So you can begin to recognize that it's not, it's no longer serving your highest good. It's no longer serving where you need to go and you don't need it anymore. So that's when you do the mindset work. And that's when you start to really turn inward and discover more about yourself. But that for me, like when I say I'm a control freak, I've heard people tell me like, well, you shouldn't own that. I'm like, I, I want to own that. Like I'm consciously choosing to own it because I know that it was my advocate at some point. And I- Like the law of attraction Nazis that are like, don't say that. <laughs> well, yeah. And I admit that I do the same thing. Like I, I absolutely do. As much as people will, especially my husband is like, come on, mindset lady. You can't say that stuff. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Come on, hypnotherapist. You can't say that stuff. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I know. But as much as I, as I get corrected, I find myself wanting to correct people because, because the subconscious is so powerful. And if you're owning something, you're reinforcing that it's okay, which, you know, generally is true. I honestly don't know. I don't know. I'm working on the control yeah. aspect. You know, it's always a work in progress. And there are some things I, I won't own anymore because I know that I, I can release them with love. And that's important. You don't want to re- throw it out and release it with hate and just, you know, crap all over yourself. Yeah. You want to- Hate and love, it's all entangled. It's the flip side of the coin. Exactly. You want to recognize that it was here for a reason, honor it, thank it even, <laughs> and then welcome it to leave, right? Like, I'm on to bigger and better things. I'll call you back if I need you. <laughs> Yeah. Probably won't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for serving me in that moment. I don't need it. Yeah. I love too, like how you're bringing up, you know, like these ways that we cope with things are almost always related to a protection mechanism. It's like, I think even for people that want to reflect on what are maybe subconscious programming that I'm operating from without realizing is 
and maybe this is probably something you do already, but just imagining like a difficult situation and then like kind of asking myself, or if you're listening, asking yourself, like, what did I, how did I protect myself? Like, what did I learn equaled protecting my heart? Cause I feel like that's what it always comes down to. Right? Absolutely. Protecting like, okay. So we are not designed to carry anything we don't need. If we do have something we don't need, it's because the subconscious believes that you need it <laughs> because at one point you did. Now, again, these things could be outdated. So even the most common thing that I see people for worthiness, self-love at one point, you know, you think what could possibly be the reason why I wouldn't want to love myself? Well, because somebody in authority told you that you weren't worth it and you believed it. Is that your fault? Absolutely not. But recognize that's not your voice. Recognize that you do have a voice that wants to love you. Your soul is begging you for love. And once you have that cohesive love aspect, you're, again, unstoppable. Like it just unlocks so much magic in you. And maybe at one point the, the feeling of unworthiness, how do I want to say this, allowed you to avoid heartbreak that you thought might happen. So if I feel like I'm not worth it, I'm not going to try for a lot of things, which means I'm going to be safe from vulnerability. I'm going to be safe from heartbreak. I'm going to be safe from disappointment. I'm going to be safe from all the things, right? Quote unquote, safe from risk, safe from quote unquote adventure. Yeah, exactly. So it can be different for everyone, but there's always a reason. You, you know, we, we carry around this idea that like, well, I don't know what's in there. Learned behavior. <laughs> which, yeah. Which you might not know what's in there, but just know if you take nothing else from what I'm saying right now, just know that there's nothing in your mind that hasn't belonged there at one point. So just finding out what those things are, you don't even have to know why it's there. You just have to recognize if you want it there. Mm, if you don't, so powerful. Yeah. there's a way out. There's a way to release it, you know? Yeah. So is there any types of like hypnosis that people can try before they decide to work with you? I do have free hypnosis. And I always say like, if you want to know what it's like to do hypnosis with me, do the free one because I got my relaxing voice going. Okay. Um, but well, I'll put I, those in the show notes. Yeah. I got two, I got two free ones. One of them is a mini mindset shift, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's very quick hypnosis that will take you out of whatever funk you're feeling whatever negative emotion you're feeling and immediately allow you to flip it to something that you actually want to feel and bring into the body. There's another one that's morning hypnosis for high vibe day. That's the one on the high vibe in it podcast um, page because it kind of fits perfectly, but it's something to listen to in the morning where um, it kind of just sets you up for feeling the best you can possibly feel to take on your day. You can feel motivated, inspired, um, like, Slay the day, I guess, is the best way to put it. But I have those two free ones. And then um, the only difference between those and working with me personally is that obviously the hypnosis we do together will be personal and I'll be able to address the exact things you want. Whereas these ones are more general blanket hypnosis that will just kind of allow you to dip your toe in and see what it would be like to get to a hypnotic state. Nice. Okay. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you so much. And we'll definitely, I'll add those in the show notes so anyone can access them. And like, what is, what is like a final message that you want people to walk away from? I just really want to implore. <laughs> implore. <laughs> I want to declare. <laughs> no, I really want to drive it home to people that like, you don't have to be stuck you just don't. You don't have to be stuck. You don't have to feel overwhelmed or frustrated or you don't have to be unsatisfied. Like some people, I have so many family members that have lived through their entire lives just completely unsatisfied because that's what they thought they were supposed to be doing or they didn't even know there was an option, right? There's always an option. You don't have to be stuck with the thoughts that you have. You don't have to be stuck with the beliefs that you have. You get to choose you get to decide. And, and you've already done it a million times. Every single day you go into this state. 
that's the thing is like people think it's this like crazy thing. No, you do it every day, every single day. <laughs> so just use it to your benefit. Just use it to do something that you actually want to do and bring into your life and manifest. It's like so cool. It is so cool. Got me. I will talk about it all day. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Oh my gosh. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Yes. Thank you for having me. Isn't it so fun? Yeah. And then you're on Instagram too. Yep. I'm on Instagram at Lindsay Robinson. You'll have to probably spell I'll my name. I'll put all the show notes. <laughs> yeah. In the show notes, my name's you'll see weird. a link for hypnosis. You'll see a link for her Instagram, for website. Yep. You're also the co-host of High, Bi- High Vibe In It, which yep. I got to jam on with you recently. Yeah. Check out Kelsey's episode with us on High Vibe In It. It's um really exactly what it sounds like. It's a really high vibe podcast where we talk about everything from hypnosis to manifesting to self-love to all the things and Kelsey came on to talk about what you talk about resolutions right and how to create the best intentions for the intentions. new year yeah because I was anti-resolutions anti-resolutions yes so we have all kinds of fun doing that um yeah check it out you were so fun I love talking to you oh thanks yeah hence <laughs> like this continued conversation I know we can't stop okay <laughs> awesome well thank you guys so much for tuning in listening to joyfully you podcast go check out Lindsay go play go have fun go connect with her on hypnosis um and we will connect on the next episode.